It is Locked on Jazz for the 26th of July. More teams involved in Donovan Mitchell trade rumors. What impact does this have? Seth Partnow did the tiers of NBA players. It's worth a look and gives us an idea of what we have. And Will Hardy talks to Tony Jones. We learn a little bit more about Will each and every day. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! My media source didn't play. Huh. There it is. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We do have this going for us this year, and that is that while everyone else has absolutely dead, nothing to talk about right now, the NBA is kind of on hiatus. We're still in the forefront of the news every day, so we got that going for us. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcast places as well as on YouTube. And thanks to all of you who participate in our YouTube comments each and every day, going back and forth with a great jazz community we have there. So please, thumbs up on YouTube or five stars on your podcast app. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Um, we're still kind of in a holding pattern on the Donovan Mitchell trade or not trade. I want to throw out a hypothesis and not a huge, like, you know, crazy. I don't have inside sources here. This is just a thought I had. So we'll call it that. It's a thought. Does Donovan actually want to go to New York? Like, what are we basing this on? He grew up there. Okay. So he grew up there. He then went to school in Connecticut, and then he went to high school in New Hampshire, and then he went to college in Louisville, and then he got drafted by the Jazz. Um, don't misunderstand what I just said. I didn't say that he wants to stay in Utah. Those are two different things. But I'm not entirely convinced why everyone, basically the media, has decided that Donovan Mitchell actually wants to go to New York. Now, I'm sure his mom wants him to go to New York. Nicole's wildly involved. She's runs his foundation. She's connected. And moms want kids to come home, right? Like, that makes sense. But Donovan himself is really an interesting case to me because he spends a lot of time in Miami. He spends a lot of time in L.A. He spends some time in New York. His Dad works for the Mets. He goes to Mets games. Like, the basis for a huge amount of this seems to be, well, Donovan's dad works for the Mets, and Donovan's a Mets fan. Okay, well, that's because he was a kid once, not that long ago, and he grew up around the locker rooms, and he roots for the Mets, and he roots for his team. But, like, because you root for a team doesn't mean you actually want to live there. The other part of this we've decided is because he's from there. Yeah, most athletes actually don't really want to go back to where they're from. Now, some of this is the arrogance of the New York media that they just assume that automatically if someone's from New York that they actually immediately want to go back to New York, which I'm not sure is true. In fact, my dad grew up in New York and he promptly moved to California. So I, which really leads me to, I'll be honest, the scenario I've always thought that was the worst case for the Jazz was that Donovan got to free agency 
at the exact same time that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's contracts expired for the L.A. Clippers. And give three three years to Steve Ballmer of building the L.A. Clippers in their new Inglewood arena, and that might have been the most appealing or as appealing franchise as there is in the NBA. It's not, frankly, like the Knicks are the most appealing organization either. No offense. I mean, I know Nick fans already don't like me, so that's good. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm comfortable in that spot in my life. But, like, truthfully, it's not an organization that has, like, an amazing track record of success, and it's awesome. And this whole idea that, oh, you've got – if you play well in New York, it's really like a 1970s, 1980s point of view toward things. So one thing I just haven't heard discussed is this idea that, like, Donovan's trying to get to New York has been this kind of – underlying narrative. I just don't know that that's true. And I think it's noticeable that Donovan hasn't requested a trade, hasn't asked out. Sure, he goes to New York. He's going, I'm going home, the whole deal. Right, and New York wants him because he's coming home. But really, if you actually just remember that basketball players are human, they aren't wildly different than who we are in life, other than they make way more money and they're probably better at their craft than we are, is that most kids actually don't all want to go home. And particularly if home's cold. And there are places, Miami, Orlando, L.A., that aren't cold. So I just thought I'd throw it out there that I'm not utterly convinced that Donovan's ending dream for Donovan is that he goes to New York. His agent, Ty Sullivan, lives there. His mom lives there. His dad lives there. Yeah. But I also might, at 26, 27, he's 25 right now, years old, be perfectly willing to, like, step away and set my own path. Like, Kevin Durant's from Washington, D.C. We don't do this. Like, that Durant's dying to go back to Baltimore and D.C. area. We only really do this with New York. The fact is that of all the players I kind of ran through, like, what player has actually wanted to go back home? DeMar DeRozan wanted to go to L.A., ended up in Chicago. Paul George wanted to go to L.A., ended up in L.A., and they both grew up there. Oh, Kawhi Leonard grew up in San Diego, like went to L.A. So it actually seems to be people want to go to L.A., which is generally true. Because um, if you're rich and young, that's a pretty awesome place to live. So just a thought there that I'm not, you know, as we hear other teams' names kind of fold into this, I think it puts even a larger leverage point on the Knicks because – I don't actually think, like, if the Knicks' next plan is, that's all right, we'll just get him in free agency. Nah. Good luck with that. Because I'm not sure that I totally buy that. I buy that the media wants Donovan in New York. I believe the New York media that hasn't had a good basketball team to cover more than once in 12 years wants him in New York. I believe that Donovan's mom wants him in New York because all moms want their kids to come home. And I, want, I, I would guess that Donovan's representation might want him in New York. But I'm asking about Donovan, who spends... Might want to be in Miami. You know why? Because if you're 26 and rich and single, Miami rocks. L.A. rocks. They're great places to live. So just throw it out there. Um, We do have suddenly this list of teams percolating. There was the Orlando talk, which I think originated out of the Zach Lowe podcast, which is really interesting. We'll dig into it a little bit more later in the week. It really comes down to what what you believe Jalen Suggs is today compared to what you might have believed Jalen Suggs was in the draft. Um, If Jalen Suggs is involved, he really had one of the worst 
offensive seasons by a rookie that we've seen in a long time, and there's really no track record of many rookies coming out of a season like that, uh, which would be where you have to go back to your draft evaluation and try to figure out whether or not there were any red flags there at the time. But we do now have now seven other teams that are being mentioned around Donovan. We'll touch on that. I want to touch on Seth Partnow's tears. Um, I thought that was a really interesting piece he did, and we'll touch on some of that, probably continue it throughout the week, as well as uh, Will Hardy uh, piece in The Athletic just gave us a little bit more insight in what's going on uh, with who he is and just kind of the little things that make him tick. It's Locked On Jazz. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. Located in Woods Cross as well as in Logan, the Chevrolet, just Americana, Murdoch's Utah. It's a perfect mix. Murdoch's have been in Utah for over 80 years. Chevy, we know it well. The Silverado and the Colorado are the best trucks on the market. The Silverado is the big, powerful truck, the tough guy try to sell, but the fact of the matter is when you sit in that thing, it is like a lazy boy of comfort inside of that powerhouse. And the the Colorado truck buzzes around, a little smaller utility truck for you. Both of them made beautifully as Chevy's. The SUV lineup is great as well with the Trailblazer and the Blazer being in there along with the Traverse and the Trax and, of course, the Suburban and the Tahoe. The Utah County Assault Vehicles waiting for you there. It is Murdoch Chevy. If you're going to head over, please email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. We'll set you up with a locked-on VIP meeting before you head over. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline is your home for the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, MLB, NBA, NHL, combat sports, and the rest. BetOnline continues to be a top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. Hey, have you covered? To BetOnline.net today. Get your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts haven't looked at it's been fun by the way on the nba odds i haven't looked didn't look at they've been changing on who's going to win the championship we're obviously not on that list anymore right now with the way everyone believes we're heading but it sure has been fun to see this kind of ongoing change the celtics box phoenix suns have all been uh, up near the top at different times over at bet online right now it's the celtics at plus 600 tied with the bucks Warriors at plus 700, Clippers at plus 750, Phoenix at plus 950, and then it drops considerably to Brooklyn at plus 1400, along with the Lakers at plus 1400, Miami, and the 76ers at plus 1600. 76ers might not be a bad play if you still believe in James Harden and Joel Embiid's dominance. Who knows? Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen, there's Locked on NBA Big Board if you want to start getting ready for the draft. All right. So here are the new teams that are being mentioned around Donovan Mitchell, various rumors, and there is probably there's some truth to it, and there's probably some media gamesmanship. As we've talked about a lot, these deals are only going to get done when the pressure points happen. So the pressure points for the Knicks are that somebody else gets Donovan. That would be fairly catastrophic for this their front office. That 
The Knicks start the season at seven and ten, which is not unlikely. It'll be interesting to see when the set, when their first when the schedule comes out as a Jazz fan. The first thing I would look at is like how heavy is the Knicks schedule early? Do they if they start poorly without Donovan having signed Jalen Brunson, that that heats up, percolates suddenly that draft pick. Uh, getting rid of an extra draft pick seems worth it to save yourself at that point. Um, and from the Jazz standpoint, the pressure point really is whether or not you, you're trying to tank into the bottom three so that you have 14% chance to get one of Henderson or the French kid or whatever you're trying to do in the draft and whether or not having Donovan simply wins you too many games. Because, um, frankly, the roster as it sits right now is going to have a hard time defending, is not going to have a hard time at scoring at all. In fact, this was the number one offense in the NBA last year. Um, and so you have constructed, you know, you have to figure out how you're having vertical um, attack on the rim the way Rudy did, but you still have, your starting lineup tomorrow would probably be Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley, Boyan Bogdanovich. That's... That's a loaded offensive group, maybe with Clarkson coming off the bench and suddenly Clarkson and Beasley and some collection of guys are doing your scoring off the bench is pretty pretty solid group. So you're going to score. I mean, 128-126, mass excitement. But there is, and it's probably not a team that loses every night. So if you're really trying to get that to the jazz pressure point, at least that's what the Knicks fans would let you know. The other one is that Donovan's got three years left on his deal, and that's, that's the next pressure point on the Knicks. So you're trying to find a pressure point if the Knicks are really the number one team that are most interested in Donovan, if you're Danny Ainge, and having other teams involved and having one of them percolated actually as being viable would be the next kind of pressure point where the Knicks suddenly have to figure out whether you're bluffing or not and might not want to find out that, you know, suddenly the Washington Wizards have suddenly pulled off a trade for Donovan Mitchell and to put Donovan Mitchell and Bradley B on their backcourt. That would, that would not be good. Um, Orlando, Sacramento... Washington, Sacramento's interesting. Um, would they be willing to give up enough picks, which seems to be the collateral that we want um, on a pick like this? It's not collateral, the package that we want on this pick. Um, and, you know, with their lack of success, it does seem as though that would be a team that you feel like would you would be willing to make a deal with. And they fit the other model we've talked about a lot, which is desperation. The one reason I just never have thought the Donovan Mitchell trade was going to get done this year is because you make these trades when teams have a level of desperation. Atlanta had desperation to get DeJounte Murray and gave up a lot for him. Minnesota had a level of desperation. They were kind of stuck in that that middle spot and in the playoffs, and they had to try to break through here pretty soon, and that's why they gave up as much as they did for Rudy Gobert. The teams that I think have that desperation as time goes on are Sacramento always with just their lack of winning. Orlando, I do think there's a little pressure coming. They get Banchero. If they don't show like growth, I think that group begins to feel it a little bit. And I do think that Washington and Chicago, Toronto and Charlotte are teams that end up in the next year or two having a little bit more pressure. They're stuck. They're not making progress. They're either going one way or the other. Washington with Bradley Beal's contract signed for as big as it is really can't tank. And so they've got to compete. So I think they're a real possibility. Um, Charlotte is just kind of, you know, they got LaMelo. And I think, you know, unfortunately, they're going to be the next team that gets the treatment that we've been getting for the last few years with Donovan, which is where's LaMelo going next. And so there's going to be some real heat there. And LaMelo's big enough that you could probably play Donovan and LaMelo together. Uh, Toronto has won their title, and so their pressure is off. But there's now been just so much talk of Pascal and OG and who they're trading and what they're doing that if for some reason 
that group doesn't have better than a fourth or fifth best season in the East. And if you look at the, you know, this isn't always the best way to look at it, but if you look at the bet online odds for a title right now, Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Philadelphia are all ahead of Toronto. Toronto comes in as sixth or seventh. If they go sixth or seventh in the East next year, I, I think their pressure, like at some point you've got to start moving those assets to get better. So I could see it pick up. And then Chicago's the other one. Chicago made all these moves. They had this wonderful first half of the season last year. They got crippled by injuries. Lonzo Ball's knee is not seemingly getting better. The reports by Casey Johnson there are not good. And Donovan kind of matches a little bit. They're Vukovic, DeRozan, and uh, and Ball. But we'll see. Like, And they've got one or two young pieces, plus they've got their cadre of draft picks. So I think that it's... I think those are the te- these teams are being mentioned actually all make sense. And they are the next teams that I think, you know, I do believe that if you're looking for monster trades or teams trying to make monster trades in the next season, it's going to be Charlotte, Chicago, Toronto, Washington. Those are the four. And then I think Sacramento is always possible. And Sacramento would like to do Donovan now, frankly, because they get the years of contract and see whether or not they could keep him. So that's kind of a little bit of where I think we're sitting uh, on those issues. Seth Partnow did his tiers in, uh, of top 25 players in the NBA a little while back on The Athletic. It's behind a paywall, so you might not have seen it. And he does the top seven players <coughs> in the league. And there's little tiny things inside of this, but, you know, he really has the top five or, Jan, or four, Giannis, Durant, Jokic, and Curry. And then Embiid and Luka are right in there. I don't think any of us would complain. And then Kawhi and LeBron. And I, I think that's, you know, virtually per- – I don't think many people are going to complain on that. You could probably tr- – eh, there's really – LeBron's still great. Kawhi's injuries make it a little funky. But those are the eight players that are kind of the premier players in the league. And Kawhi and LeBron have kind of their little issues to it. I got it. Then the next tier is kind of what he has as his tier two. And he does have it broken up into 2A, 2B, and 2C – but two, Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler are just knocking on that one door. Trey Young, James Harden, Ja Morant, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Paul George, Dame Lillard are in the next one. It's interesting to me that Ja Morant's not like up there a little higher in the Tatum-Butler feeling. The feeling is, you know, if someone's about to become a Tier 1 player in this league, it's no question it's Jason Tatum. My second most likely player to become a Tier 1 player after that would be Ja Morant. And then I think you're into either a Devin Booker, Trey Young conversation. So these are the right names, which really, frankly, leads you to Don. Like, Don should be – Donovan's defense gets better. Like, the fact that Donovan's not in this group tells you that he had an offseason last year because he really should be. Who's the next group that might become that guy? Tatum is clearly that guy. Trey Young, Ja Morant, Devin Booker are the young players in this list. Donovan's got to feel that he should be in there. Maybe even Jalen Brown feels like he should be in there. Bam Adebayo probably feels he should be in there. Well, guys all feel they should be in there. But um, so I think that the um, I think that when you're dealing with when you're looking at this, it's an interesting set of where Donovan sits. The other one is the other player in here that frankly is the wild card is that Anthony Davis has the ability to be in that group one and was for a little while in the bubble and just hasn't played enough. Chris Paul fading out of it. Paul George. Dame Lillard probably falling out of it. James Harden fading out of it. Those guys are on now, I think, on the other side of this. Paul George just kind of is probably that's just where he sits as a player. 
Um, and I, so I thought this was, was super interesting. The next tier of players we'll touch on, who those tier threes, where Donovan fit, and then there were some interesting things in the athletic article on Will Hardy um, as we continue today uh, with all of the, the these little fun tidbits. Thanks for those of you there on the YouTube comments and communicating with each other. It's always great to see the community uh, discussing there. It's the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Cookie, dough, chunk, puffs. No, I mean, like, it just keeps getting better. It's just crazy what Built is doing. Cookie, dough, chunk, puffs. Yes, they're great. So I have had them. They have 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, 8 grams of sugar. It's a fabulous puff with three little cubes uh, or circle cube kind of things of cookie dough right on top of them. Like, it's too good to be true. They are available right now. The promo code is LOCK15. It's the best discount you can get. It's 15% off. While you're at it, the brownie puffs are terrific, as are the coconut marshmallow and the churro, and the regular flavored bars with mint brownie, salted caramel. I'm allergic to nuts, so I don't know about the coconut almond. I don't know about the peanut butter brownie, but people rave over it, but I cannot honestly tell you. What I can tell you is the bars are 130 calories, just 2.5 fat grams, 4 grams of sugars, 6 grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein, and they're filling. It's a candy bar. But it's a protein bar. It's a protein bar of value. It tastes like a candy bar, and they're incredibly filling and great for you. Super snack to get away from the sweets and the treats with great macros. And frankly, you still get the sweets and the treats because we're talking cookie dough chunk. Promo code's LOCKED15. Get it done at Built.com. All right, so as we continue on his tiers, Seth Part now from the Athletics Tiers, we get to this next group, and this is where – so Rudy – I didn't really comment on Rudy in that group. I think he's that impactful. I think it's the perfect spot for him. He and Paul George, I think, are just kind of there. I don't think Rudy's on a trajectory up. I think if Minnesota wins a lot, Rudy might get some more respect. And if they win in the playoffs and can handle things defensively in the playoffs, that would be obviously where everyone is is hitting on Rudy, and then it would be a roster construction from our past compared to a roster construction on their end that would make the difference in people's minds. This next group is really interesting, this Tier 3 that Seth Partner did. I, and these are kind of the, this group of players who are wildly impactful but probably need help to get you to a championship is what he's saying. And so the group is Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, Kyrie Irving is the first five that he mentions, and and I think that's you know that's how you look at all those guys is they have to have the one of the somebody in a higher tier to win. All of them do, um, which probably elevates how you view them too, right? Drew Holiday is better because he's playing off of Giannis and Chris Middleton. Jalen Brown's better because he's playing off Jalen, Jason Tatum. Bam Adebayo's better because he's playing off of the um, Jimmy Butler. So. The next group in this is Jamal Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Donovan Mitchell, Pascal Siakam, Zach Levine, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Draymond Green, and Bradley Beal. What's interesting to me about this next tier, Jamal's coming off the injury, is DeMar DeRozan, Donovan Mitchell, Pascal Siakam, Zach Levine, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Bradley Beal have never had that tier one or two player offensively, that's helping them along. Donovan had it in Rudy. That's why it felt like such a perfect mix. Jamal has it in Jokic. And so, but he got hurt before we saw where it goes. So I really feel like Jamal probably would be a tier higher player because of the fact 
that he got to play with Jokic and got that respect. DeRozan, Siakam, Donovan, Levine. The, the, the interesting note for these guys is if they ever get one of those players that relieves the burden on them, do they have? Do they suddenly be thought of as next tier players? Same goes for Carl Anthony Towns, who's in the group three um, there, and whether or not he can break through, or Anthony Edwards. If either of those, you know, this is where Minnesota's super interesting. They're bat- Rudy's kind of thought as their highest tier player, and then Towns and and Edwards are doing all their offense. We'll see where that goes. Um, and then the next drop of players is, I think, a considerable drop. You have some prospects in Ben Simmons and Zion that you're just not sure about. Then you're at LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, Jaron Jackson Jr., C.J. McCollum, Clay Thompson, Darius Garland, um, Fred Van Vliet, DeJounte Murray. So it's a huge drop. Th- there's a few things that are interesting to me here. One is the first thing I talked about, that in that third tier of players, it's certainly your thought of better if you play with a better player, and it relieves the burden. It might be intuitive, but it also means we're missing evaluations a little bit. The other one is... There's only one guy in here of this caliber that's available. And there really were only two, when, and they were Rudy and Donovan. And this is why Danny's able to get such a haul, is because of the fact that he's doing this at a time in which there just are not other players available. And DeJounte Murray comes, was the next best player that was moved, and DeJounte Murray is a Tier 4 player. Donovan's a tier 3B on this. Rudy was a tier 2. It tells you a little bit where players rank in the league, what their values are. But it also tells you, like, Jamal Murray's just not available. DeMar DeRozan, like, the guys ahead of Donovan on this list, Kyrie, I guess, is available. But, like, that's taking a box of chocolates times 10. Middleton, Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Dame Lillard, Paul George, Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, Devin Booker, John Morant, James Hart. You're just... Like, we can all, New York can sit here and stand strong that, well, we don't want to give up this extra pick. And we can have these suddenly seven other teams talking about it. Someone is going to realize that there's not going to be another player the caliber of Donovan Mitchell available on the market anytime soon. By the time Zach Levine gets available, he's on the backside of a max contract with a bad knee. Shea Gilgis Alexander would be the one other player. And I would admit, if I was a team in the NBA, before I offered Danny Ainge the haul, I would pick up Sam Presti and say, can I get Shea Gilgis-Alexander maybe for a little less? And if the answer is yes, I make that deal instead. But there's no signs that Oklahoma City is going to tear this thing down even further to not have Shea be a part of it. Like, they've got a pretty amazing mix of Shea, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren. Like, it's beginning to come together. They need some more pure athleticism. They need probably one more bona fide scorer. Um, But they're beginning to piece this thing together. So I would be super surprised if they were to make that a deal of that nature in the process. Um, The, uh, you know... When you start to get to these Miles Bridges, some of these, it's not there. So to me, the big takeaway on Seth Partnow's tiers is everyone can stand strong here and claim, well, I'm not giving this up. But you're just not getting another player of Donovan Mitchell's caliber if you wait and do that any longer. So I think that's the thing. Final thing today, uh, Will Hardy did an article with Tony Jones. A few takeaways from the article. Uh, Good job, by the way. Both these are from The Athletic, so credit to them. Um, You know, his, his job is to be flexible to whatever the situation is. I thought that was just, you know, a really um, an, a worthwhile comment. Right? It's what he should be saying, but it just tells you kind of how where he is in, in seeing it. He talked, again, his continual of trust. 
Uh, he referred to the players as co-workers, which I think is an important mindset. Um, and he said, you know, we want an environment of honesty with each other. I don't like tests. I don't like hidden uh, hidden responses. Tell me to my face, and I will tell you to your face. And I think that's what we're seeing with Will Hardy. And obviously his jazz job is changing by the day and what he's going to be asking out of his group. But I think um, it's just another little point of this very bright, developing young future, you know, great head coach in the NBA that the Jazz have signed on to that's all part of, of what's going on. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. We'll continue talk more uh, as about all these stories and the rest as we continue here uh, for the week. It's Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Make Locked on NBA Big Board your second listen. Have a good one.